Welcome to the Assurology Show, a growth hacker's guide to human capital management with your host, Mike Vinoy. Each week, we bring you experts in human resources, employment law, accounting, benefits planning, and more to build productive organizations. You'll gain practical guidance for your business. You'll be alerted to the latest news and megatrends that impact small and mid-sized companies. We'll give you the hands-on information you need to stay compliant with ever-changing employment laws, the strategies you need to win the war for talent, and much more. So you can focus on what you do best, growing your business. Enjoy the show. Retention and post-employment tips. Okay, this is number four out of a four-part series where we are unpacking the results from our small business HR survey. Uh, in uh, Spoiler alert, those companies who are the fastest growing companies in America have the best HR practices and lean forward into finding, developing, retaining talent. So uh, I want to unpack the specific questions so you can have some clear takeaways today, helping me to unpack the topics. Uh, if you're a regular watcher of the show, you know Mary Simmons. Uh, Mary is our own vice president of HR consulting. Uh, she's a SHRM certified professional. And for the last year, eight years, Mary has also been an adjunct professor at the New York Institute of Technology. Prior to Assure, Mary was the director of HR consulting for a 58-year-old HR consulting firm in New York. Welcome, Mary. Thanks, Mike. Okay. So if you missed the first three, here's what we did. We ran a survey where we asked questions, five questions times eight topics from recruiting to hiring, onboarding, compliance, development, performance management, retention, and post-employment. So five HR best practices for each of those eight areas. After those 40 questions, we asked one really important question, which is what best describes you last year? Was it a fast growing year for you? Did you grow? Was it a flat year or was it a down year for your business? And so we had over 2,000, 2,065 people from small businesses respond to the survey. And now we are unpacking and comparing what are the fastest growing companies in America doing versus people who had a flat or down year. And we acknowledge that sometimes you're just in a hot market and you might have great HR practices. You might not have so great HR practices and still grow. Just like you could be a great company, really well run. And because of you know unfortunate market conditions, you could have a down year. But when you average across 2,065 businesses, the data is crystal clear and I think normalizes for all that. Uh, and I think there are some really, really clear takeaways. So uh, today we're unpacking the last two out of eight topics, retention and post-employment. Are you ready to go, Mayor? I'm ready. This is, this is one of my favorites, so let's go. Yeah, retention. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, clearly that, that, that this is an important one. Uh, and yeah. maybe start with a quote. So t Tony Shea, if you've ever uh, followed him, read his book, um, uh, I think Creating Happiness, I think that's is the name of it. Um, he's founded uh, Zappos, the, what started out as shoes, then clothing, and then got bought by Amazon. Great culture guy. He said, businesses often forget about the culture and ultimately they suffer for it because you can't deliver good service from unhappy employees. Uh, couldn't, couldn't be more accurate. So um, one of the key tactics, I think best practices in HR is to survey your own employees to, to test and, and assess 
their level of enthusiasm and engagement for the job. So we asked that question, and it turns out that eight in 10 fast growth companies have surveyed their workforce to assess employee engagement. So eight out of 10, 80%, but only 50% of non-growing companies uh, that we surveyed uh, uh, reach out to their workforce for the same purpose. So we're talking a 30 point spread from the fastest growth companies to people who are flat or had a down year. What, what do you think the reasons behind that are, Mary? Well, I think that the fast growing companies are, you know, interested in and paying attention to culture, right? And they are focusing on the fact that they want their employees to be engaged. You're not going to be engaged unless you're happy. And oh, by the way, what makes you happy? And so the data is extremely important, right? Because you can't guess at whether your employees are happy or not. And, you know, sometimes when I'm helping an employer, the first thing that I'll say is, well, you know, can you tell me what your culture is? And sometimes they kind of, you know, they look to the sky and they're like, um, I don't know, it's good. <laughs> okay, uh, can you give me a little more detail? And do you feel like your employees are happy? And most of the time, Mike, they're going to say yes. Yes, they're happy. And I'm going to and, and then my next question is, is, you know, obviously a pointed one. How do you know they're happy? Yeah, and right. a lot of times they're going to say, well, because, you know, they look happy, you know, and I'm like, well, have you surveyed them? Have you spoken to them? And so a lot goes into this data. It's not simply surveying them. When we do employee surveys with the employers that we support, I'm making sure that the questions are hard ones. They're not easy ones. So some of the information as an employer that you receive from these surveys may not be good. You may think your employees are happy and find out that they're not. I'm Did, here to what, tell what, you what, based what, on what's all an example the of a hard What's an example of a hard question you would put into a survey for an employer? Yeah. Uh, it's always going to come to sa salary. You know, are you happy with your salary? And, you know, total comp goes into that, right? So you're going to say, you know, what do you think about the benefits? How do you like your manager? You know, is your salary what you want it to be? And the reason, and, and thanks for asking that, Mike, the reason those are tough questions is you can't just ask these questions and then do nothing about it. So, you know, I want everybody to understand the first step is taking the survey, um, giving the survey to your employees, but doing it with intention, right? Right. And asking those tough questions. And then what are you doing with the data? You yeah. have to be transparent and show your team. These are the answers people gave us. And this is what we're going to do about some of these things. You can't probably as an employer, right? Let's say that everybody, you know, says 100% of them are like, no, I'm not happy with the salary, right? You probably can't move on that uh, for everybody, right? Yeah. Maybe you can. Right. right. Um, but the questions are important. What you do with the answers that you get is more important. Mary, this is one of those areas. So like uh, if you've watched the last three parts of this series here, um, I keep coming back to this concept of chicken or egg, like uh, take yeah. a topic like uh, job descriptions. 
clearly the fastest growing companies have written job descriptions. Um, and I, 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 I kind of think just intuitively, I feel like there's this chicken, the egg, obviously, if you have a job description, you can, uh, set expectation with the employee for what their duties are, hold them accountable to it. There's no surprises at performance reviews. There's a lot of good stuff that comes from it, but I right. also think there's a lot of good, it, it's, it's almost like, even if you do a job description and do it poorly, um, the fact that you did it indicates that you're thinking about it. So your brain's headed in right. the right direction. This is one right. of those areas that I'm not, I, I, I'm with you. I don't know if that, that's true. If you do a, a, a survey and ask employees about their level of engagement, their level of satisfaction, what do they like, what do they don't like, and you don't act on it, this could blow up on you and be yeah. worse. Than it's worse. Ever, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. Why'd you ask me? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So now, oh, I thought you, I thought you were just unaware of how you made me miserable. Now that I know that you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Please do something about it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So I, so I think there's an awful lot of these things, whether it's job descriptions, uh, job postings, uh, 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 stretch assignments, all kinds of concepts that we've been talking about for the, for the last three weeks here. Um, this one is different. You, yeah. The fastest growing companies do it. They survey their employees. They ask for level of engagement, level of satisfaction, but you must act on it when you have that information. Absolutely. Okay. Yep. Um, next one. 75% of fast growth companies provide career path coaching for employees. Only 44% of down year companies provide career path coaching. So maybe first help everybody understand what is career path coaching. That might, I kind of, th I suspect for the people that down year or people who are not doing it, they don't even necessarily they're in a small firm and what the hell is career path coaching? There's seven of us. What does that even mean? Right, right, exactly. And listen, it's important for a small employer and a big employer. Career pathing is showing employees. Um, and, you know, when I help employers with it, you know, we create a schematic that shows here's the entry level position. From that position, you can either it's usually different paths you can take, right? So you can stay in HR, for example, or you could go to training, or you could even go to sales, right? So it's important to show different paths. Um, and even, you know, let's, let's just take a small company. I'm thinking of this, this bagel store. Um, it's actually two bagel stores here on New York that I supported. And I created this for him because his retention was so high. And I said, why are they leaving? Do you know why they're leaving? And he said, a lot of them honestly just get bored. And I'm like, well, tell me about the way your bagel store is set up, right? And he, ha even though he's small, Mike, he only has 10 employees about in each location and he has part-timers too, right? It yeah. was important for him to define, right? You go from cashier, to team lead where you train the cashiers. And it might only be one cashier you're training, but it's still movement and it doesn't always have to have money, right? There can be yeah. lateral moves, right? To the manager of the store, right? Or to a baker, which you would need some, you know, additional training, et cetera. 
But even that little bit kind of, you know, made his interviews a little bit smoother, right? Because you want to be transparent, you know, as soon as you bring people in. Right. But it also made the people that were there like, well, I have a purpose. Well, there's other things that I can do here. It's important. It's really important. So that's career yeah. pathing. Yeah, it, it, and, and this is one of the topics that uh, I mean, if you if you read the Gallup polls or or you know any number of, of sources, especially uh, uh, employees just entering the workforce, that yeah. growth and, yes. and development. This is something that they crave, that they want, and of course, everyone wants more money. But the the people just entering the workforce, they want they want life experiences and they want development, right? And uh, they 100%. will forego. They will forego money, uh, at, you know, at least to a, a certain extent, uh, in exchange for oh, this is going to catapult me to where I want to be five years from now or ten years from now, right? Yeah, I mean, I I'll just give you a quick example. I was interviewing somebody yesterday who worked um, at a best in class. I won't use the name, but best in class healthcare organization. I mean, world renowned. Yeah. And um, um, I saw the resume and I was like, mm, you know, great skills. Would love them on my team. Why are they leaving this mega firm? Yeah. And do you know what she said, Mike? I didn't know where I was going there. And I said, wow. oh, <laughs> I have career pathing. Let me share on my screen, you know, the schematic of the, of the career pathing that I have on my team. And oh, by the way, it has you possibly going outside of the team, right? Because my intent is to keep the employees in our organization. And that's the way we, you know, instruct our employers, right? You want them to stay in your organization, even if they don't stay in the same department. And the smile, and she honestly said, I was looking for X dollars, but I'll take less because I love what you just said about career pathing. That's exactly what I want. Wow. I also think there's a missed opportunity. So sometimes like, so, so let's say you, you are forward leading and, you, and you've got a, here's my entry level position. I've got a level, I've got a, 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 a trainee, uh, then a level one, then a level two, then a level three, and then I can move to this job. And, and you have all this wonderful padding stratification in, in uh, uh, learning and development and promotions. And I, and I, I love micro promotions, right? You know, so yes. uh, you're getting promoted every six months and it doesn't always have to be pay, but it's a new accomplishment. It's a new certification. Even if you right. don't have that stuff in place yet, at least to talk about the, the path and trajectory of your business. So, right. you know what? I'm a small business. There's four of us here. Um, yeah. So you're going to wear many hats and I don't have a specific career path, but let me tell you where this business is going. This is my vision. And so I assume that, you know, if you want to be an individual contributor and be the most respected and higher level, we're going to have a job like that probably someday. If you want to be yeah. you know, number two and be my COO, if you rise to the challenge and have those skills, you might have that job someday. Right. And just paint a picture for the business in including the uncertainty that comes along with that, right? Yeah, um, transparency. Yeah, yeah. And I think you can get, I, I, I know I've done it personally. You interview people, hey, what's your what's your career path? You know what? This is a newly created position. Here's what I think it's going to look like, but here's where our business is going. So even if that doesn't play out, 
where do you see yourself fitting in a, in a company that's growing like that? And they'll just tell you, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. That's all good okay. stuff. Next topic. What separates fast growing businesses from all other businesses surveyed? We found the fastest growing businesses are nearly 20% more likely to have an employee recognition comp uh, program compared with other companies. So a 20 point spread by having employee recognition programs. What's, what's your experience in, in helping? Cause this is what you do every day. You help small businesses implement programs like that. Yeah. And, and let me give you another example. So we had a manufacturer and um, he, the owner was kind of, you know, I, I don't know, production is down, you know, there's a little bit of infighting and, you know, we dealt with those issues, right? Cause you're not going to gloss over this, those issues, right? If, if people are arguing, you know, we're on it in a different way. Yeah. But one of the things that we started was a recognition program. And as soon as the words were out of my mouth, Mike, he was like, oh, I don't have any more money. And I was like, okay, how about this? Can we go to Costco, right? Or whatever, you know, a big box store and just buy a bunch of treats, right? And we did two things. So one thing was we put them on one of the rolly carts that he already had in the warehouse. And yeah. it, every department took turns and one person from the department um, uh, volunteered and walked around at two o'clock, right? When you start to get a little tired, you know, um, at two o'clock and gave out treats. So that was the first thing. The second thing that we did was he did when he, uh, he had an all staff meeting he asked for the managers to recognize somebody in their department who did something extraordinary. Again, we just bought like a little like ribbon, you know, like first in class. Yes. I mean, it really wasn't a big cost. Yeah. But I'm, I'm here to tell you that I got excited. By, like the smiles on these people's face, people need to be told they're doing a good job yes, amen. Do, you know yeah. money is is great don't get me wrong um but you know i do a superstar of the week for my staff meetings and i suggest that to my employers and that's all i do i i say that they're a superstar obviously i have a story behind it what did they do that week to deliver excellence to our clients and the smiles you know the team gets to know each other better the team yeah. gets ideas, right? Because, oh, wait, you can do that to deliver excellence to a client? Oh, I'm going to do that next time I have a client to work yes. with. Or, yes. you know, so all around recognition is is good. Um, it's good for engagement. It's good for retention. It's It just helps the company be more successful and reach their goals. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, Mike. Amen. I'm so, I'm so glad you started there because it doesn't have to cost a, a, a dime or yeah. maybe, maybe a few bucks. I mean, I, I, I remember uh, yeah. similar, similar stories. Like I, th I think people get, I think people think like the employee of the month plaque is like some worn out thing that won't add value. Well, do employee of the month or employee of the week, but don't call it employee of the week. Like, like you said, it's my super, my week, my superstar of the week. Right. Yeah. So you're getting yeah. recognition, best practice sharing all at the same time. 
I remember uh, uh, leading a, a large sales organization at one time, and we uh, rolled out some new trainings, these concepts, uh, and we bought these purple, crushed purple velvet uh, uh, hats, uh, like a, like a king <laughs> or a queen would wear, and whoever the whoever had the best. I'll, I'll say it, the best letter that demonstrated that they understood the concepts of the training that we did, they were the king or queen of that topic for the month. And so every every month there was a queen or a, a, or a king in the crushed velvet hat sat on top of the shelf in, in their cube, right? It was fun. It was cheesy. It cost like next to nothing, but yeah. it was recognition and it was training because now everybody else, okay, that's what they did. I'm going to go ask them how they did it. So the, 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 the feedback isn't just supervisor to employee, it's peers. How did you do that? How, what, what it, how, how can I do that? Maybe, yeah, maybe I love it. let's share some ideas, right? So employee recognition is not the cheesy uh, wood plaque with the bronze. <laughs> I mean, that's not what you can do that, but, but the, there, there's lots of ways to make this live. Okay. Agreed. Anything else on, on uh, employee recognition, Mary? Just do it. Just please do it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Just do um, it. All right. Next one. Um, and this is one that I really wonder, um, do people even know what it is? Uh, but I think I the, the spread, the spread says enough, right? So it's a 34% yep. spread between your growth companies and people with the down years. So it's a big spread. 64% of fast growth companies say they conduct stay interviews, 30% of down year companies. First of all, I'm just going to assume of 2,065 people, maybe not everybody even understood what it is. And certainly they might have had the exact same perception of what it is, but 34% yeah. spread is, is still huge. What, what, what's maybe more of a textbook definition of what a stay interview is? So this is having an intentional conversation with your with an employee to understand, again, what do they like about the organization? You know, what would they change if they could change? We try not to say, what do you like and what don't you like? It's, you know, what would you suggest we change? Right. And having the the, you know, giving them the opportunity to tell you about those things and affect some change, right? That's a great suggestion, Mike. Let's let's go ahead and do that. But it's also having the, you know, conversation with that individual. Well, what do you think your career path is? We shared your career path. Where do you see yourself going next? And how can we help you get there? And by the way, if you want to stay in the role you're in, that's okay as well. Uh, but let's have that conversation. And yeah. what you're trying to do is stop retention. You want to hear if the person is miserable. Yeah, right. You need right. to know that. And, the, you know, I talked about my chicken egg earlier, like just simply having job descriptions, uh, you know, demonstrates that even if your job descriptions suck, the, the fact that you're thinking about how do I communicate with my employees about job expectations probably is a big part of success for the growth companies. This is, and then how like uh, employee satisfaction and engagement surveys are kind of the opposite. You have to act on those. I almost feel like this is a little bit in between, right? It's like a, an employee might 
Maybe you've got a high performer. They've been in the job for quite a while. And maybe they've plateaued because maybe they're, maybe the plateau is legitimate. Maybe, maybe yeah. there is a ceiling for them. Um, or they love what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think there's just tremendous. So I'm not saying you don't have to act on the feedback. You need to act to the best of your ability. But if, if the feedback is, Hey, I'm not thrilled. I feel kind of plateaued. And maybe that's true. Maybe they are plateaued. There's tremendous value in simply asking, Hey, Mary, I think you're amazing. I, I would never ever want to lose you. You know, t t tell me what, what, what's, go what's going through your head. What, what, what's, what motivates you to stay? What mo motivates you to, to do better? What are the obstacles? And if you ever did decide to leave, God forbid, you know, what would be the reasons why? And so I can do my very best to retain you because, because you're amazing, right? Simply it, asking. It shows that you, yes. Yeah. Just asking. But, you know, again, you know, I want everybody to pay attention to what we're saying because you can't just do these things and expect them to cause change. It's how you do them. Are you intentional? What do you do with the data? How do you wrap up that stay interview? What questions are you asking on the stay interview? So, so just remember that, like you say, the chicken and the egg. Well, I'm an HR geek, right? So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, these HR practices help companies be more successful, yeah. right? Because okay. that's that's my vantage point. But how you do all of the things we're talking about is very important. Just doing it is not going to to evoke change. It's how you do it, what you do with the data you collect. And, and I think, to be honest, why I probably keep going back to that same theme of chicken egg, chicken egg, clearly a good job description, a good interview process, good competence, competency development, uh, good retention programs and employee recognition. Obviously, good of all those things is better than bad of those things. Um, yeah. I just don't want anybody to think, I don't want perfection to be the enemy of good here. If, if you yes. don't have an employee recognition program, um, gosh, I mean, we, we'd, we'd love to help you and Mary's team would be great at it. But if that's not going to happen, don't don't think you have to hire a professional. Go do something tomorrow, right? And uh, <laughs> get your crushed velvet hats and start recognizing people as a king or queen or whatever, or who start naming your superstar of the week. So I think that's really all my intent. I don't want to suggest yes. that you shouldn't strive to be great at these things. You should. Um, yes, and absolutely. If and if you can't, we'll help you. Um, but the, I, I think as much as uh, equally important is if you're not doing these things, start, start yes. in there's value in just that. Um, yeah. last one here on, uh, retention, um, fast growing businesses are 20% more likely to conduct company wide meetings to communicate changes and recognize high performers as compared to non growing, uh, non growing businesses. That one sounds probably kind of obvious, but you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on the, these public company-wide meetings uh, uh, to communicate changes and perform recognition? Yeah, so everything that we've been talking about on this survey, the HR pieces are all you know, interlinked, right? So you know, communicating changes and helping your employees small business, right? We're gonna start selling, I don't know, 
honey bagels, <laughs> you know, communicating to the team is very important, right? Because when we talked about interviews, we said, why should they want to work for your organization? Make them feel like they understand and you are in it together to reach the business goals, right? And, and it could be as simple as having a new bagel, right, um, that you're selling. That communication is, is the key to, to growth. And it's, I'm going to say, the key to a lot of the HR functions that we're talking about. You never want the employees to go, well, I didn't know we did that. Or I didn't know, you know, we had a benefit like that. There's no such thing when it comes to HR of over communicating. And before we leave retention, remember doing all of those, these things, retaining staff saves organizations money. Time is money, right? Because you've trained the person. But when somebody leaves, it costs an organization two and a half times their salary. So retaining employees helps productivity. It helps your culture because when people start leaving, other people start leaving. It's kind of like a herd mentality a lot of times. Like, wait, why are they leaving? Maybe I should leave also. They survived. I'll survive. It's a social contagion that happens, right? Yes. Yes. So we need to, you know, put a a stop, um, stop gap that and, Be intentional, be proactive, not reactive. Like, oh, they're all leaving, you know, and putting your hands up like this. That's not going to work. It's too late, Mike. You need to put all of these things in place on a consistent basis. Don't go, oh, I had high retention. I'm going to start doing stay interviews or I'm going to do a survey or have a town hall. These should be things that you are doing all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you went I'm glad you went to the recap because so, so like I, I'm looking at my notes here of the, of the eight categories, recruiting, hiring, onboarding, compliance, development, performance management, retention, post-employment compliance is something you just have to do. It's not an option, right? So maybe that's the most important, but from a productivity, yeah. how to grow your business. I think retention is the most important one because even if you're not great at some of the other ones, so obviously recruiting great talent and hiring and onboarding great talent is super important. But if you don't retain them, what, what good is it, right? And even if you aren't yeah. great at recruiting the best, if you're great at retaining the best, it might take you longer to develop a great team. But that's how you get a great team is by retaining your best, right? So, yeah. um, man, employer recognition, uh, in, uh, engagement surveys, asking them, uh, private recognition and career pathing, public recognition and communication – you can't hardly do enough in the, in the area of retention. I just think it's probably the most important thing that you can do. Anything you'd want to close Agreed. on for retention? No, I mean, just remember two and a half times your employee salary. That, that, that'll drive behavior, I hope. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> to do no doubt. some of these things. No doubt. Okay. Uh, post-employment. This is an area that I think might surprise some folks. It's like, okay, they're gone. Uh, either I fired them and I don't want to talk to them again, or they left on their own uh, and and screw you. Either you're with me or against me. How could how could my post employment practices possibly impact my growth? So I think this is this might be an interesting conversation. Yeah. Um, so we asked, have you developed a succession plan to anticipate turnover? 
fast-growing companies are 31% more likely to have a succession plan to anticipate turnover as compared to businesses who suffered a down year. 31%, that's a big spread. Now, we may not, Ted, this might be broaching the post-employment, but it is anticipating yeah. that there will be post-employment. You know, for whatever reason, people are going to leave. What, what, what's, your, what's your insights here of, of why the succession planning is so important? So succession planning is important for a lot of reasons. Number one, you have to be set up, right, to be able to fill your key positions um, internally if you can because of all the institutional knowledge that it takes to move up into those key positions, right? Um, You might be able to bring them from the outside, but it's probably a lot easier for the organization. Again, institutional knowledge is hard to replace uh, with internal people. It also will help you keep key employees, right? Because you're going to be honest and you're going to say, Scott, when Mike leaves, the succession plan is for you to move into his position. Let's talk about the training, the knowledge, any certifications that you need And let's get those in place so that when the day comes that Mike leaves, moves to another position, whatever it is, that you're ready, that the possibility, right? You don't don't make promises of you moving into that position uh, is real. So number one, Scott's going to be excited because we created a career path, but it's much more intentional. Career path is just that there's a few different paths the person can take succession planning is here's my key positions who is slotted that can take those positions where's the skill gap competency gap let's get those done um you don't want to be caught by surprise yeah and it's this there's uh, that obvious, would be bad for business there's an obvious tie back to the retention topic right around around career path of course um uh but but beyond just a path the actual succession plan it leaves you leaves you at the ready um, interesting uh, on that topic. So it's a 31% uh, spread between the fast growing companies and people who had a down year. Uh, it's more than half. It's 53% of the people who had the down year, uh, don't have the succession plan. So, um, lots of reasons for having down year, but not being able to anticipate what's coming around the corner, uh, clearly is a big part of that. All right. right. Next one, uh, fast growing companies they're 20% more likely to provide existing, excuse me, exiting. Fast-growing companies are 20% more likely to provide exiting employees with a termination letter as compared to businesses that had a down year. This one seems crazy. Why is it that something as simple as a termination letter could have, what what is the correlation to have a 20% spread on high-performing versus low-performing companies? Well, first of all, all of your employees, whether they're working with you now or they're no longer working with you, you want them to be good ambassadors of your business. So that's that's the first thing. Right. Um, Somebody might be leaving because of family reasons. Um, They might be leaving because they're moving uh, and or you could be terminating them. Right. So from a I'm going to say marketing because 
that's who you are, right? So you want them to be good ambassadors of the organization. You want to be professional until the very last minute. So they remain good ambassadors for the organization. Yeah, I left there. Yeah, I got terminated, but it's, you know, they're, they're pretty good people if, if that's possible to happen. And I believe it is. Now, if I put my compliance hat on, that's the other reason that a termination letter is very important. Number one, there's quite a few states that mandate a termination letter, whether the person resigns or you terminate them. Uh, the Californias, the New Yorks, the Colorado, very important that compliance wise, you give a termination letter and it meets the requirements of those states. But when we do that, Mike, for other employees, it's very important as well on the compliance side, right? Are they getting COBRA? What's happening to their 401k if they had it? How will they find out about COBRA? When is their last paycheck? Um, and I would propose, because the mandated states mandate that you say you can apply for unemployment. We don't decide who gets unemployment, Mike, you and I, as employers, we don't decide, the DOL does. So, but we should tell employees they are eligible to apply if in fact they are. So compliance, you know, goodwill, professionalism, I think it's all very important. And in the end, it's gonna save you time, right? Because the person's not, where's my 401k? When am I getting my COBRA? Um, and bothering your HR department or your managers for that information. Man, I, I think you nailed it on the head for both those topics. Um, and you're right, as I'm, I'm a marketing guy, so I think I think brand, right? And yeah. when you think yeah. of an employee leaving, whether it's you terminating them or it's a voluntary turnover, frequently it's not because they loved you so much or you love them so much. Uh, <laughs> and so um, you, it's... Maybe you're not creating an ambassador, but you might be tamping down an otherwise disgruntled person, right? And so the, if you can just be as factual and clear and respectful as possible, maybe they don't trash you uh, in social media. Maybe they don't tell their friends what a horrible boss you are or employer you are, uh, no matter how upset they really were, uh, right? But it... If, yeah. if they're leaving because they're not happy and they feel equally disrespected on, on the way out, it's just far more likely that they're going to they're gonna be a negative ambassador, right? So, oh, and definitely. Then they, and then I think about small businesses. You know, big, big companies can absorb uh, legal costs, right? And um, you might be completely, you might be completely compliant um, and have done nothing wrong and terminate an employee uh, by the letter of the law. And so it's not like the law, re well, I, I take that back. You said some states do require termination letters. Let's say you're in a state that doesn't. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, it's still a best practice. What if that employee sues you? You didn't do anything wrong. You win, but it costs you 50 grand in legal fees, right? And you can hit right. 50 grand in legal fees like that. Well, yeah. If you're a if you're a small business and you have a million dollars in revenue and ten percent profit margin, that's a hundred thousand dollar profit. Half of it just went to legal fees. That might have been the fifty thousand dollars that was going to hire a new sales rep, or was going to fund yeah. your marketing, 
or is going to improve Agreed. your customer service that was going to help you grow. And maybe that's the reason you don't grow because you're siphoning too much cash to defend things unnecessarily that good documentation and best practices could have avoided. Absolutely. All right. The last one, I think this is, everybody's got to do this. Um, but it's a 20, per, again, it's another 20% spread between the fast growth businesses uh, and, and people with the down year. Uh, so shrunk, 20% difference, whether they do or don't conduct exit interviews. So help everybody understand what is an exit interview and why is that data so important? So it, you know, it goes back to what we talked about for the, for the, you know, survey, you know, why are people happy? If you don't know why people are leaving, Mike, you can't fix it, <laughs> right? So I've, you know, suggested exit interviews, you know, it's something that we do extensively with our clients. There's two different ways that you can do it. And remember, there's a right way and a wrong way to do this. So just doing it, Mike, why are you leaving? <laughs> It's not going to help too much, right? No. You want to really dig in and ask some very intentional questions. So we create a customized exit interview, depending on, on the employer. And you can do that either through, you know, just sending them the exit interview and letting them do it online. Maybe they'll be a little bit more honest if they're not doing it with right. the HR person who maybe they kind of like, um, or they're embarrassed to say some of the things that they really want to be honest about. So maybe the link is better. Yeah. We find this is one of the, the reasons that outsourced HR is so powerful. They'll tell me everything, right? Because they don't right. care. I'm, I'm outsourced. They're not going to hurt my feelings, right? And they are brutally honest and I dig in. I really dig in and, and my team digs in to say, well, what do you mean you didn't like the manager? What does that mean? You know, give me examples, et cetera, because my intent is to fix why the person is leaving. I can't always do that, Mike, right? They may be leaving, like I said before, family reasons, right. um, but we do both. We do, we have them fill it all out online so that I can use my software to correlate a report for the employer that says 20% of people are leaving for, for money, 20% are leaving bad management, 20% are leaving because of your benefits. Okay, employer, what are we gonna do to yeah. fix these reasons? No longer- Very intentional. Regret. Yeah. And so use the data to fix the, the turnover. Again, some of it you can't fix, right? People, people moving, but actually, as I, as I say that, can you have some remote employees and what does that look like? So could you keep a key employee and let them be remote? Depending on the, on the business, you may or may not be able to do that. So having an exit, I've saved people. I've had people remain at an organization by doing an exit interview and listening to them and saying, the manager did what? And we had already known there was problems with the manager. Uh, we said, would you stay if you reported to somebody else? Absolutely. And again, you could have stopped that if you had a stay interview with that employee. And you know what? Thinking it's about all my tied together. 
thinking about the chicken versus the egg, there's, I don't think there's a big chicken impact here. The simply, simply doing <laughs> it, it isn't going to matter because these people aren't with your organization anymore. But how you act, and if you act in the right way and fast enough, you could actually prevent the exit in that case, or at least get t- turn what is otherwise anecdotal. Oh yeah, they were just bad apples anyway. They were gossipy. They were this. They were that. Oh no. Well, maybe those things are true, but they also said this, 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 and this. And here now you have quantifiable information, not anecdotal story to say, okay, whether I like this person or not, this is the, what the data is telling us of why people are leaving us. And maybe it's something you can't act on. And it's like, okay, well, at least now I know. Uh, But more than likely, there's going to be things that are actionable. Especially when you see patterns, which most likely you'll see patterns. That's exactly. That's what I find with the employers that we help. They see patterns, right? It's not, you know, 10 people leaving for 10 different reasons. There's usually a pattern. All right. So I have to say uh, of all of the shows that Mary and I do uh, in, in, in my other guests, um, this has probably been my favorite series uh, uh, Four shows unpacking. It's the recruiting to hiring, onboarding, compliance, development, performance management, retention, and post-employment. Um, all really important stuff. We talk payroll and HR and tax type topics every single week. But the fact that this one correlates to growth and helping small businesses grow and have actionable insight for companies who are flat or not growing, uh, things that they can implement right away. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled to present the, the benchmark survey uh, in, the, in the corresponding ebook and, and publish all those results for everybody. And really excited and, and, and thanks to Mary for helping me to unpack these topics on this four-part webinar series. Uh, until next week, everyone, look forward to talking to you about another, another topic. Uh, but in the meantime, download the ebook, uh, uh, listen to the, 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 the four-part series uh, and lots of actions that all of us can take to grow our businesses. Thanks so much. At Assure, we build human capital management software and services that help 90,000 companies like yours attract, develop, and retain great people. Our low upfront costs and affordable subscription model allow you to save cash to invest in things that drive growth, not overhead. To learn more about how Assure can help you claim up to $26,000 per employee with the Employee Retention Tax Credit, automate your payroll, and build productive teams that are compliant with ever-changing HR laws, visit AssureSoftware.com.